y'all my name is denise hopper and this is my first podcast episode thanks for tuning in on my podcast i never expected myself to do a podcast because i'm not like talkative like that but okay even though i'm not used to this i will try my best to make it as interesting as i can for y'all i will be talking about most of the government things current events that's happening in the world in my opinion on things i don't really know that much about government because it hasn't really been in my interest but and also i haven't really took a class that we focus mainly on government but i put together the stuff i have learned to make a point by the way my podcast name is knees updates it's like part of my name Okay, I will be talking about the U.S. government and explaining if they should promote the virtue of people. Also, to remind y'all, the virtue of people is basically the government being able to tell the people what they think they should do. But the concept of freedom for all is basically letting the people choose what they think is best and make their own decisions. Also, I will be talking about... Do I think the government has a system set up that promotes fairness and equality for all? In each of my episodes, I will voice my opinion and see if things are getting better or not. I will also most likely throw some extra stuff in there just because, like interesting stuff. Y'all might not agree with some of my opinions on some of the things about the government, but I still want to share with y'all, but I hope y'all agree with me. today is september 18 2020 so y'all the first question is has the u.s really built a system that is for and equal for all people who live here well i say in my opinion the government does promote fair equality for all in certain ways like looking back a few weeks ago when the government gave working people over a certain age stimulus checks because of the coronavirus now that's an example of the government being fair to the people now, like, say for instance, if the government would have given only a certain amount of people stimulus checks because of their social status or something like that, then that would have been unfair and not equal. But the government law enforcement, on the other hand, even fair, in my opinion, and equal for all. I know most of y'all already know about all the killings of the black people by the police, innocent black people by the police. In my opinion, the law enforcement targets black people. I'm not saying that basically every white police goes after a black person, but like as y'all see, it's a it's been a lot of black people being killed by the police lately. And you can like and it's evidence that they wasn't that they was innocent basically. And no, I'm not saying all black people are just always innocent in the situations, but even when they know the police kill an innocent black person, they don't try to get is just as fast as they should but if it was a white man or a white lady it would be much more serious to them they'll be like trying to get on it more faster than they would if it's a black person but when it's a black person they automatically assume oh they was previously a criminal or they had to be acting violent in some type of way or even threatening the police so the justice system isn't for and equal for all in any way as of right now to me the second question is do i think the government should promote the virtue of people or the um freedom of people i say yes i think the government should promote the virtue rather than freedom because humans will act very rebellious and wild towards each other 
the government should tell the people what they think they should do, in my opinion, because it'll keep more order and it'll be more organized. But I only support this if the government is making laws and more they actually benefit the people and not only thinking about themselves, basically. And enforce equality. I feel like the freedom of people will only work if everyone works together and not only care about themselves. But how people are right now, the world will be full of chaos and unorganized. Like, if you give people the option to choose what they feel best, they won't think like this is how we can work together and achieve such and such with the other people. It will be more of this. How can I do this to make it better for me, myself, for everybody? Also, in my opinion, the government isn't in good hands right now with the president that we have. But overall, I feel like the government should make sure they're thinking about the American people and their success and not only themselves and how they can benefit and make decisions. So basically, this is what I'm going to talk about. It's like a current event that's going on, and it's about the president and the coronavirus. And it's like, because basically, Trump could have avoided this pandemic that happened. So basically, Trump lied to Americans about the coronavirus and said that it was a small phrase that would pass by. But as y'all see, it turned into a world pandemic. It's very serious. The people's lives was lost. People lost their businesses businesses is more if he would have told us how serious he really was instead of lying many lives and businesses and more could have been saved also another reason he lied about the virus because he was more worried about the re-election he knew if the coronavirus became a big thing there would not be an election and there was a less chance of him being out of office and not being president anymore and y'all okay here i have a recording from cnn news to prove what i'm saying of voices criticizing President Trump for his inadequate handling of the coronavirus pandemic just grew one voice louder. A stunning new rebuke of President Trump from a former official in his own White House, breaking right here on the lead. She accused President Trump of failing to protect the American people. Olivia Troy was the top Homeland Security Advisor for Vice President Mike Pence, who heads the Coronavirus Task Force. She was on the task force from day one, she says, but now Troy left the White House in late July, and she is leveling some tough charges against President Trump in a new video. Towards the middle of February, we knew it wasn't a matter of if COVID would become a big pandemic here in the United States. It was a matter of one. But the president didn't want to hear that because his biggest concern was that we were in election year. And how is this going to affect what he considered to be his record of success? The truth is he doesn't actually care about anyone else but himself. Also, he made a statement that was rude and he was like, the coronavirus may be a good thing because now he don't have to shake people's hands, shake hands with disgusting people. And he was referring to Americans plus his supporters. So you see the people he say he cared about so much is not true because he not showing it in any type of way. How do you care about somebody but you don't want them to touch you or be by you but you want them to support you? Okay, so y'all listen again. It's another recording to prove what I'm talking about. Troy goes on to say that President Trump made a statement that she will never forget because, in her view, it defines who President Trump is. 
When we were in a task force meeting, the president said, maybe this COVID thing is a good thing. I don't like shaking hands with people. I don't have to shake hands with these disgusting people. Those disgusting people are the same people that he claims to care about. So like basically this shows how he put everyone's lives in danger because he was only worried about himself. So in my opinion right now, the government isn't in good hands with the president that we have. Even though the government may have people under Trump that may be like, um, you know, much of a better person than him, more considering, but he is over them. So basically they really don't have that much power. When someone, in my opinion, when someone is in charge of a whole country, their main priority should be making sure the people are taken care of, rather than only thinking about themselves, like he is, and how he can be benefiting. He also tried to deny the fact that he said that, and tried to deny that he didn't know that the coronavirus was going to blow and be a very serious world pandemic. But of course, they had a lot of evidence against him. Also, y'all, while we on the topic of the coronavirus, the coronavirus has basically ruined, like, so much. We had to change our daily lives, the stuff that we did every day we can't even do anymore. And we also got to get used to wearing masks every day. Like, when you actually think deeply about the virus, you start thinking about how things are really affected by the virus. Like, I could say for myself, I wasn't thinking, like, oh, the coronavirus is this serious. I'm thinking it's just a little something that'll come and then go away but as y'all see it turned into a whole big thing that happened like i know y'all know a lot of business that's very popular they shut down that y'all wouldn't even think it shut down and that's how i feel too like it like okay and like the other day i was thinking about it like basically we doing online classes now so all the companies companies and business that was making the backpacks and school supplies for us is basically losing all of their business because we not purchasing anything for them which causing them to close down so like the coronavirus is basically taking lives like causing people to lose money going to debt like we got a president that could have potentially like saved this where a pandemic for happening, but he knew if the coronavirus happened, he would still be in office because a lot of people can't gather to vote when the coronavirus is going on, and it's harder for them to do the elections and all coming together to vote on a president, so he knew he would be in office much more longer if he would have let the coronavirus keep going. So basically, yeah, that's it on that. Okay, y'all, back on the topic. I want to go back to talk about what I think the government has a system set up that's fair and equal for all. I still feel like it's a yes and a no. I'm just going back because I feel like I didn't speak on it good enough. Like, looking at the fact we have a president that has some type of hatred or, like, or feel some type of way towards a group of people because of their race. That isn't the kind of person I feel like should be in charge of everything. They shouldn't be in charge of anything at all, especially not a whole country. But anyways, um, the government has jobs that's accessible to everyone and, and even employ people when they're laid off. They're given a 
unemployed check by the government to help them get back on their feet. So in my opinion, I feel like this is a fair act from the government. The government gave hazard pay to workers who had to work during the coronavirus. The thought of the act was fair, but it wasn't given out fairly. I say this because some people wasn't given hazard pay, even though they had to wake up every day and go to work and come home and go to work the next day. I feel like it shouldn't matter what job you have or like or what how what age you is. I feel like everybody should have got hazard pay that still had to go to work. Okay, and also thinking about the laws we all learned in school, the fourteen amendments. That's given to every citizen. So that's a um that's an act from the government that's fair and equal for all. But that doesn't mean like the citizens' rights haven't been violated by the government. Because it's mo it most likely have. Like for instance the fir- the fourth amendment, it clearly says someone property cannot be searched without a warrant warrant. And I know y'all know every day somebody, a police searches someone, then they don't have a warrant on their person. They sometimes do it because they feel like you're a criminal or not even knowing, just basically picking on somebody, which is basically a violation of your human rights. So, yeah, this my opinion on whether the government is fair or not. I feel like it's just in between. They have times where they're trying to make sure they care for the human people. I mean the American people and make sure they straighten these sometimes where they violate human rights all the time because they feel like because they have authority they over everybody so they can do what they want which is not true but yeah that's my opinion on this situation y'all here go my first guest speaker Janaya, I'm Denise Gill speaking on her podcast. I think law enforcement is not equal because black African-American people are killed at a much higher rate than white people. There were 28% of black people killed by the police in 2020. So basically me answering this question, do I think the government is fair and equal for all? I would say no. Because this shows how they are unfair towards African-American within the law enforcement. And also when it comes to the wealth, it's harder for a black person to move up the economic scale rather than a white person. From things I've learned in school and other sources, a white person and a black person were both interviewed for a job. A white person have a better chance of getting it. But I would say the government is fair and equal for all when looking at the amendments given because the rights are given for every citizen in the U.S. Okay, y'all, so that was Janaya on opinion on the situations and all the questions I had to answer in achieving my podcast, but also getting deeper in what she said about the law enforcement system. I actually agree with everything she said because it's actually a true fact, and it's the, you can look up plenty of things on the internet, y'all probably already know, but y'all know most of this stuff is actually true. But also to add to what she said, like say for instance, a black person and a white person go to court for the same crime. The African American is most likely to receive a longer sentence and have a higher chance of being arrested just because of their ethnicity and their race. 
which is a very unfair and unequal law enforcement system. Like, I know I'm getting nosy at the law enforcement system in my, um, in this episode, I'm gonna get deeper into other systems that's unfair in the government, but I just feel like the law enforcement system is the most unfair system in the whole government, even though the government is not just fair and completely, this is the main thing that, like, always stick out to me about the government, the law enforcement system. Like, I'm really just now getting to, like, know, like, the law enforcement system is a big part of the government. I don't know why, but I'm just starting to know that. But, yes, I'm, we mostly, I'm mostly getting at the law enforcement system in this podcast. So, it is it on that topic. Okay, so, do you think the government should promote the virtue of people, or do you think they should promote the freedom of people? So to remind you, the virtue of people is basically when the government tells the people what they think they should do. And the freedom of people is when the government lets the people choose for themselves and make their own decisions about things. I think the government shouldn't let people choose for themselves because they are not going to act in a civilized manner that will allow them to choose for themselves. I mean, if the government tests it out, and then maybe. But right now, I'm thinking they won't. Because people don't always make intelligent decisions. The government also, but they have more experience. Also, the government choosing, there will be more equality. So this is the end of my episode. I hope you guys learned something new or something y'all feel was interesting. Even though podcasts really are not exciting for our age group. But overall, my point was to achieve proving whether I think the government is fair and equal for all. And also, do I think the government should promote the virtue of people or freedom for the people? But I also put a current event in there about the president and coronavirus. And I also included my evidence to show y'all that it was actually true. So, yeah, this is the end. I hope you guys learned something new. And once again, thanks for listening to my podcast, y'all. The judicial branch is made up of the Supreme Court and other federal courts whose function is to rule on all matters related to the law and the Constitution. The Supreme Court has enormous power that has continued to grow since its inception in 1789. The first version of the court had only six justices. In 1869, that number grew to nine and has remained that way ever since. Unlike the other branches of government, justices aren't elected. The president nominates Supreme Court members, as well as federal courts of appeals and district court judges. The Senate then has the responsibility to vote and confirm or reject the appointment. Justices don't have term limits. They're able to serve until they die, retire, or are removed by Congress through impeachment and conviction. The Constitution itself doesn't give any specific requirements for who can and cannot be a justice. In fact, federal law doesn't even require a federal judge to be an attorney. But traditionally, most of them have worked as lawyers. And when it comes to the power the Supreme Court wields, the Constitution is, again, pretty vague. Section 1 identifies the Supreme Court as a third branch of government, and it empowers the court to decide cases. That's pretty much it. Section 2 touches on jurisdiction, and Section 3 spells out regulations around treason cases. There is no mention of interpreting the constitutionality of the laws, the very thing the Supreme Court is famous for today. 
So how did the Supreme Court get that power? The answer is an 1803 Supreme Court case known as Marbury versus Madison. The case is a little complicated, but basically Chief Justice John Marshall ruled that the law Marbury was using to make his case was unconstitutional. Marshall's ruling established that it was the United States Supreme Court's responsibility to interpret the constitutionality of laws. And so the court's mandate of judicial review was born. And as the highest court in the country, decisions made by the Supreme Court are final. That is, unless a future Supreme Court finds that decision unconstitutional. One well-known example of this was the Supreme Court's ruling in the case of Brown versus Board of Education in 1954, which ruled racial segregation in public schools unconstitutional. This overruled the Supreme Court's 1896 decision in Plessy versus Ferguson, which had legally protected segregation as separate but equal. When the Supreme Court makes a ruling, all other courts must follow this precedent. Unlike the president or Congress, courts only act if someone brings forward a valid case. And unlike the legislative and executive branches, the judicial branch operates outside of elections and voter input. But it nonetheless has a profound effect on our daily lives by evaluating the constitutionality of laws 